In the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. John was confused. I've been calling people to baptism so that they would repent, get their lives together. You know, mixing up a few Gospels, let me say that John was the one who said, this is the guy whose sandals are not worthy to untie. What's he doing here, coming to be baptized? And I dare say, you probably had that question in your mind too at one time or another. Theologians have pondered and, pondered and scribbled about it and all that sort of stuff. There have even been great disputes about it. Jesus couldn't have been sinless when he came to be baptized. All of that, right? Well, let's just back up a bit. We need some historical context. Isaiah reminds us that it's always been God's intention that all righteousness would be fulfilled. And what did he mean by that? What did he say in relation to that? Justice, healing, mercy, kindness, freeing the prisoners from dungeons. Why would they need to be freed from dungeons if they were probably criminals, right? Well, this text was written when Babylon had conquered Israel. And a lot of the people who were in dungeons were political prisoners. Ever heard of that kind of thing? Yeah. And so there were all kinds of things that needed to happen to put things right. And the prophet was proclaiming something called hope. There is a way forward from this. But where does it start? It starts in your heart, in your attitude. It starts in how you understand yourself in relation to God in this moment. If you understand that you are God's people, that God loves you, if you really take that in, Breathe that into your soul, if you like. Then you have something already with which to contend with the calamity you find yourselves in. Okay, let's move on to the baptism for a moment here. Well, Jesus came to John. John tried to prevent him, he said. Well, the Greek is even stronger than Tried to block his way was one of the ways that the Greek word could be translated didn't want anything to do with this. But Jesus said to him, let's do it. Because we, not just me, Jesus, we are here to fulfill all righteousness. So what does that mean, fulfill all righteousness? Well, to bring our lives and the life of this world in accord with the will of God. Because as you know, the people of Israel, never mind the rest of the world, had wandered quite a ways away from a walk with God that was faithful and obedient. Because the word righteousness, by the way, also can mean obedience and uprightness and all that. For example, the people who Jesus went out to minister to the challenge after this baptism, among them were religious leaders who probably could recite the law from start to finish, but couldn't remember that the law was fulfilled by loving God with everything you've got and loving your neighbors yourselves. Even these people you think were sinful, sitting at the city gates, waiting for a handout, even those people 
are your responsibility under the law. So, Jesus' response to John was that we are now going to do something different. We're going to fulfill all righteousness. Well, Jesus came up out of the water. Somebody spoke in heaven. Let's assume it's God, right? Saying, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, who I am happy with. That was his commission, if you like. That was his official commission to go out and to bring relief and comfort and hope to people who needed it desperately, to challenge the injustice that surrounded his life and the lives of the people around him, and to be the exemplar for us. Okay, so what about our baptism? What happens there? How many people grew up with the idea that we've got to get kids baptized because otherwise they're going to hell? Anybody here? Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. What about the adults who go to hell? Anyway. <laughs> but how many of us thought it was really about repentance? Just about acknowledging in a formal way that we're bad and that we want to get on God's good side. Most of us had that kind of notion, didn't we? Well, if you look at our baptism, it's kind of the coming together of John's baptism and Jesus in a way. Because when we come to be baptized, do we not repent? Do we not renounce evil? Do we not promise to turn our back on the power of Satan and all that? And then, we make promises, don't we? And those promises are about getting our lives in line with God's command, if you like, with God's intentions, that we might love God with everything we've got and love our neighbor as ourselves. So we promise to be reconciled. We promise to seek justice. We promise to respect the dignity of all persons. Anybody remember any more? There are quite a few of them there. We promise to honor God's earth that he's given us, this fruitful earth, which may be becoming less fruitful all the time, if we don't participate in honoring that promise that we make at baptism. And we're not baptized simply as individuals. You know, we don't have private baptisms anymore. You notice that? Well, you may think that that's the way it always has been. But if you read the Book of Common Prayer, you'll discover that it says at the beginning of baptismal rite that it should be at a public worship gathering because we're baptized into a community of faith. And together, we, the newly baptized, and all those who've gone before us, together, we take up that same commission that Jesus took up to radically love, to challenge injustice, to bring healing, to open the eyes of the blind, to free the prisoners, to help all those who suffer. So the baptism of our Lord isn't just the day that we observe once a year. The baptism of our Lord should echo through our entire lives and should challenge and motivate our ministry as children of God. And when we come together on Sunday mornings to receive Holy Communion, let us remember that that challenge was met 
in the face of vicious adversaries. And finally, Jesus was put to death because he refused to compromise his mission, his commission, the same one that we take up in our baptism. But he rose from the dead. And that gives us the hope that no matter what threatens us in our ministry and our mission, God is with us. And God will always be with us. That God's love for us is eternal. Thanks be to God. Amen.